Let us pray. God, we thank you for the passage of scripture that has been read. We pray that you would give us wisdom, help us to understand what it means and how it is relevant to our life today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what are the most theologically significant events in Jesus' life? Well, that's easy. All you have to do is follow the holidays. Uh, what are the biggest holidays in the church year? It's Christmas and Easter. So that means that the most important events in Jesus' life are his birth and his death and resurrection. It's as simple as that. You just follow the holidays. But what about the ascension? What about that event that takes place after the resurrection of Jesus, the rising after the rising. Well, you may not realize it, but Ascension gets its own holiday as well. It's sometimes called the Feast of Ascension, sometimes it's called Ascension Day. And in certain traditions of the church, it is extremely important. Now, in Baptist circles, we don't often make a big deal of Ascension Day. But it is actually pretty important. It normally takes place on the 40th day after Easter, which is a Thursday. And as of the day that this video is going live, it would have been two days ago that would have been Ascension Day. Although a lot of churches end up celebrating it on the Sunday afterwards. And so this Sunday would be Ascension Sunday. And so it just so happens that we are going to be uh, looking at this. Now, I don't really feel obligated that I have to preach an Ascension Day sermon every Ascension Day. That's just not a part of who I am. But I am going to be looking at this because we are completing, finally, our series on the Gospel of Luke that I started when I first came to Queen Street Baptist Church over four years ago. And so we're finally done as of today. And so it just so ends up that we are concluding it with the last thing that Luke talks about in his gospel, which is the Ascension. And if it happens to be on Ascension Sunday, well, that's just great. I love that coincidence, if indeed it is a coincidence. So we're going to take a look at this important event. Now, the Ascension is very important. In fact, it could be argued that the ascension is almost, maybe not quite as, but almost as important as the resurrection. It is very, very important. And yet, we hardly ever talk about it. I don't know that I've ever actually heard a sermon on the ascension. Why is it that we don't talk about it very much? Well, it may be important, but it's actually only narrated twice in the Bible. And that two times is by the same author, Luke. It's in his gospel and in his sequel, The Acts of the Apostles. Now, that's not to say that the rest of the New Testament has no idea about the ascension. I would actually argue that there are all kinds of passages that make reference to it, but don't actually narrate the events of the ascension. But you can see, even in the other Gospels, that there's an assumption that something like this has happened. So when you read Matthew, Mark, and John, uh, you don't really get a sense that those authors are expecting their readers, who are reading this maybe 30 to 60 years after the events, they're not expecting their readers to just 
bump into the risen Jesus, that you're going to be walking through the marketplace in Jerusalem and, oh, hi, Jesus, how are you doing? Uh, it's good to see that you're still hanging around here. Uh, there's no expectation that that is going to happen. They describe uh, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and then they end there with this incredible miracle, but they're not expecting you to actually just bump into him at that time. Uh, even when we look at the Apostle Paul and his experience with the risen Jesus, we see that he understood that as being something that took place almost at the wrong time because his experience with the risen Jesus was after the ascension. And he describes it as being somehow different from that of the experience of the other apostles. So he understood that something else was going on. We also see that throughout the Gospels, Jesus is very often talking about his second coming, about the time when he would return to earth. So very often he would say something like, when the Son of Man comes. And when he says that, he's, he's referring to himself, that he is the Son of Man, and that he is going to come back. But for him to come back, you have to assume that he has left. Uh, it doesn't make sense for him to come back uh, if he's never left the earth. So the, the assumption is that Jesus does leave the earth after his resurrection. So what is it that actually happens? And Luke really doesn't give a whole lot of detail in this passage about what happens. He gives very little in terms of, of information. What we're basically told is that Jesus is carried up into heaven. That's basically all that we're told. But what does that mean? What actually took place? So if you were able to have a super high-powered drone that could travel through space and follow Jesus as he did his ascension, what would be recorded there? So I want you to imagine that Jesus, after he leaves our atmosphere, is able to travel at the speed of light. Well, where would he be right now if that's what happened? Well, there actually was a planet discovered uh, 2,000 uh, light years away, and it's called Einstein's planet because it was discovered using some principles uh, developed by Albert Einstein, and it orbits the sun uh, Cygnus, and this planet is uh, larger than our own Jupiter, so it's a huge planet. So uh, if Jesus happened to be going in that direction, he could be just arriving at that planet at this time. And yet that's not what we believe. We don't believe that Jesus is in outer space. He's not uh, doing a, a Star Trek uh, a survey of the galaxy trying to understand what's, what's going on. That's not what we believe. So what actually did take place uh, 2,000 years ago when Jesus had his ascension? One of the things we have to remember is that the word heaven actually has a number of meanings, at least two that are of interest to us right now. One means the sky. So we can, even now, we can look up to the heavens and we can see the sky above us. We can see the, the sun. We can see the, the clouds. Uh, we can see the birds flying in the sky, all of those things. Uh, the ancients would have used the word heaven for that. that. That totally makes sense. But they also use the word heaven to refer to the place where God dwells. And did they believe that those uh, two things were the same? Well, it's possible. They probably thought that God was up there somewhere. 
they didn't really have a full understanding of of uh, what we know about uh, uh, the way the Earth is and our atmosphere and outer space and all of those kind of things. Uh, but we we know that uh, God isn't just up there because uh, if He's up above, say Canada, uh, what about uh, China? Why isn't He up above there? Uh, obviously, that's not the way we see things. And so heaven, in terms of where God is and where Jesus has gone to, is another plane of existence. So uh, Jesus is not traveling through space. At some point, he went up into the sky. He went up into that first understanding of heaven. And then he just transitioned into um, another dimension, another place, uh, another plane of existence where God dwells. And so did the ancients think that was in the clouds? Uh, Perhaps. But the heaven that Jesus went to was both uh, nearer and farther from those clouds than what the apostles understood. Now that's all fine, but what does this really mean? What does this mean to us as we're trying to get through life? uh, What does it matter that Jesus ascended? Well, it, it does mean a lot. So we need to try to understand the 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 relevance for this um i over my lifetime i've uh, gone to uh, quite a few rock concerts and i've enjoyed going to rock concerts and and uh if you've ever been to anything like that you'll know that there's the same basic pattern that happens in every concert and that is that the band they they play their set and it's a, a great time and then they seem to play their last song uh they say goodbye they Uh, go backstage, and they act as if the concert is over. And yet we all know that that is not what has happened, that uh, they are just backstage waiting as we stand up, as we clap, as we chant their name, and look forward to them coming out. And, of course, they do come out, and they perform their encore of two or three other songs. And it's a great time. And we all pretend as if the reason that they came out was because we were uh, making such a big deal. When the truth was, they already had planned everything. They had planned their encore and what songs they were going to do. Is that what Jesus is doing? Is that the purpose of the ascension? Has Jesus left the world so that he can go backstage and wait to perform his encore, to come back to earth and to to do this uh, pre-planned event that uh, we're all looking forward to. Well, the return of Jesus is extremely important. I really believe that. But I don't think that that is all that is going on. There seems to be, and again, we don't have a lot of detail about this, but there seems to be some evidence that Jesus is at work right now, that he's not just hanging around. He's not just waiting for something to do, but he's at work right now. Uh, One example we have is with Stephen in the book of Acts, and he is arrested and he is executed. And just as he's dying, he has this vision where he sees Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And yet Jesus is not sitting, which is what you would expect if all of his work had been done. Instead, Stephen sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, standing as if he still has work to do. In the first epistle of John, 
we get some interesting information there about Jesus. We're told that we have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus. And it looks as if, and again, we don't have a lot of detail as to what this all entails, but it looks as if Jesus is active advocating on our behalf to the Father and that he is working in heaven in that way. What about prayer? Are we allowed to pray to Jesus? Well, some people have claimed that the only appropriate way of praying is to pray to the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Spirit. And I do like that Trinitarian pattern for prayer. However, that doesn't seem to be the only way in which we can pray. In fact, there are examples in the New Testament of people praying to Jesus. And so we seem to be allowed to pray to him. And even when it comes to the idea of praying in the name of the Son, praying in the name of Jesus, that was never meant to just tag on the phrase, in Jesus' name, at the end of our prayers. That's not really what is meant by there. Uh, Rather, there seems to be a more active role for Jesus in our prayers. When we pray in Jesus' name, it's Jesus bringing our prayers to the Father. And if we truly believe the Trinity, we believe that the Father and the Son are God uh, in, in the same ways, then there's no reason if we can pray to the Father as God, we can pray to the Son as God as well. And so there is prayer activity that is going on. Sometimes you hear people uh, talk about having a friend on the inside in some area. So say you you want to have some influence in some area, you can say, well, I have a friend on the inside. In many ways, that's what Jesus is like when it comes to heaven right now. We can say we have a friend on the inside, uh, someone who knows us, someone who cares about us, who's willing to help us in our time of need. What in the world, or perhaps what out of the world, is Jesus doing right now? Is it a matter of Jesus being on vacation? Did he go back up to heaven and uh, said to the Father, Wow, I've spent 33 years on that planet. I am exhausted. I need about 2,000 years of vacation time to recover from that. Is that what's going on? Or is there something else? And I think actually our current time of pandemic gives us an image for what's happening with Jesus right now. In a way, like many other people today right now, Jesus is working from home. He's working from his father's place. He's working from heaven. He's not vacationing. He is working and is is active in doing what he has to do. But there's going to be a time when he goes back to the office. And when he goes back to the office, that's when he comes back here. He returns to earth. And the return of Jesus is very important. But Jesus being in heaven is not just about making a really dramatic return. It's about Jesus being active in our lives right now. Uh, Caring about what's going on. The suffering that takes place. Just as he cared about what was happening with Stephen... He cares about what happens with us as well. He continues to be an advocate with the Father. He continues to be someone we can pray to, that we can bring our needs. And he cares about all of those things. The ascension of Jesus is very important. 
And it's because of the ascension of Jesus that there are certain blessings that are poured out upon us that we would never receive otherwise. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you brought Jesus up to heaven 40 days after his resurrection, that he was able to go back to your side, to be there, to be an advocate on our behalf. We thank you for Jesus and our ongoing relationship with him. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.